Thirsty for intelligent sports talk? Sounds like you need a little go to Ray. 1033 The Goat. The greatest sports talk of all time. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show on 103.3 The Goat simulcast on 1420. And as promised, in studio with me, my friend Jay Walker. Good morning. Jay, we got us. Special is, is it doesn't do it justice. We got a special guest yeah, for this and, segment. And, and I, was, I was telling her, I said, you know, I know she's been back in town for about five years now. And yet I think this is like the second time that I've run into her. In five years, so she needs to, you know, she needs to hang out more. <laughs> she used to work with us years ago. She did. And uh, now she's doing God's work. Michelle Bergeron is in the house. Good morning, Michelle. Morning, guys. How are you? I'm good. Well, of course I'm good. I'm here with y'all. I missed y'all. So I, I'll open it up by saying yesterday, it was a Monday after a not so great weekend in sports for me. You know, the Saints, the Mets, it was just, yeah, I was just, yeah, I was you had a, a bad weekend. I was in a sour mood. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and people were upset and they were calling, which I was expected on a inglorious Monday. And then uh, Mitch, Coach Mitch, as we call him, called and uh, and he said some things. But one thing he said that stuck with me, he said, you know what, Scott, you know what would help you feel better? You need to go eat some gumbo. That's what he told <laughs> me. He said, you need, he said, I was feeling a little down. And I went and I had a bowl of gumbo and I'm feeling better. And I said, you know what? That's those are wise. Words. That's a smart man. Those are well, wise. Yeah. Words. You know, first of all, it's it's already proven that it's medicinal. Like if you have a head cold <laughs> or something. Um, but yeah, it could probably it could probably cure the blahs as well. It warms the soul, Jay. That's it. Well, Michelle is here because she's a soul warmer. She she's a soul <laughs> warmer. She knows gumbo and the world world championship gumbo cook off. Is happening this weekend in New Iberia. Is that right? It is. So this is the first year we partner with the Chamber of New Iberia um, to help out this event. We're super excited. Once we heard there was an opportunity to be presenting sponsor, we just jumped on it because Savoise does gumbo well. Um, as y'all know, we mm-hmm. like to eat down here and gumbo is a staple. So Savoise is just basically one of those companies that's been around for so long, and we are the originators of Ruin Ajar. Not many people know that. Miss Eula Savoy originated Ruin Ajar. And so having that with all the things you need to put in it, like tasso, andouille, sausage, we just love gumbo. And so this weekend's going to be a huge event. It's two days. We're expecting like 30,000 people. Wow. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Jay, how much gumbo do you think you could take down to this thing? Oh, I, I you know, I, I have been known to... To eat my share, you know. I've I've been known to eat my share. I'm not a small bowl, big bowl. A right. big bowl, yeah. a couple bowl. of bowls. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, a couple maybe, serving. Maybe a couple. Uh-huh. One of the best things about the gumbo is when you make a pot is when you know I'm going to have some more tomorrow, and then I'm going to have some more the day after, and then I'm going to freeze the rest and I'm going to eat it in like a month when it's yes, colder and exactly. I'm going to thaw it out. Like there's, I was uh, the last last winter I was talking to someone I was like there really isn't anything like it in the world. 
No. Like, I, I don't know how it's not world famous. I'm glad it's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's just down here because it makes it feel a little more special. But and, and, and the places that it is besides this, they don't know how to make it. They, right, right. They don't. It, you, you get they, some they put, like, well, they put in Cajun on it, but it's yeah, not really no, Cajun. No. <laughs> you get some Sabwa sausage. You get some chicken. You know, if you're doing the chicken, if you do seafood, however you do it. But it's extremely affordable. It, you, it feeds so an many. abundance of individuals. Everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing like it. And now, you know, somebody gets to this weekend apparently gets gets the title of world champion if they win this thing. Yeah, well, and even on Saturday, we're even starting with the youth competition, so the youth gets to cook, which I think is fabulous because you have a lot of young chefs around here. You know, they learn from their moms and dads, and that's just like Savoise. It's a family tradition passed on from Miss Eula to her daughter Donna and now to their kids. So the youth division will be on Saturday, kids' activities, and then Sunday there's an amateur, something I would probably enter, and then you have your professional so, yeah, it's a little bit That's for everyone. Awesome. What would the equivalent of, like, Gordon Ramsay be for, like, a, a, a amateur <laughs> or a, a youth gumbo kickoff, cook-off? That would be I funny. I don't know. That would, <laughs> be it would really have to funny. be somebody named, like, T-Bob Boudreaux. <laughs> there you go. I'm disgusted <laughs> that you didn't offer me this bowl sooner because it is delicious. Now, let me you ask. Or through. <laughs> I got to ask you a question. Are you a dark roux, thick, or do you like it lighter? Um... It is a good question. I think I think somewhere right in the middle. I don't like it too light. Okay. It, it don't I? It, if I mean, I'll eat it. I'm not gonna complain. It's still good. But something right in the middle. Um. Yeah. You I don't like it. a tick tick, baby. I need. I need. <laughs> I need. I need to feel the roux. Like remember that old A one commercial a long time ago where. You probably don't, but you're about to when you hear this line. <laughs> They're talking about the steak sauce. There's just some <laughs> Italian guy, and he's like, it gets you here. It gets you right here. And he, like, touches his Point neck. His you remember throat. that commercial? Yeah. Yes. Everyone does. That's yes. what I need, like, with my gumbo. I, mm-hmm. need, it, I need to get it you right here. You need to feel right it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Jay, I, you a thick one? I... I, I like thick, but I I can't... <laughs> I can't do... I, I, I can't audio. do... I can't do really dark. And, and when, I, when I cook it, <laughs> I use Savoie's dry roux. Oh, see, okay. look, he already brought it up. We got a dry roux and an instant roux, yeah. and and that's what that's what I use. I use the dry roux, awesome, uh, because the the um the jar rule it, it just it just doesn't. You can make your own consistency with the dry. Well, not only that, but you it's know, still the, thick. The, 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 the any any jar roux, um, roux that has like a lot of oil and it's just like not good for Jay. Okay, so <laughs> so Jay uses dry roux. What uh, Michelle? How can I mean our listeners? They want to spread the word. How can they? attend this what can they expect and um obviously aside from just delicious gumbo yeah so it's a free event um they like can, free free yeah, good uh, you got to start with that it's a free event for the public bring your family your friends the kids like i said there's kids activities there's a fun jump things like that there's live music throughout the day and then of course savas will be out there cooking some different varieties of things for you for the people to try We'll be handing out some T-shirts and koozies. There'll be some beer booths out there. And then an exciting thing is we have a big backdrop, a photo booth. It's a big digital photo booth with our Savoise red truck. So people can come out and take pictures saying we love Savoise. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I mean, y'all know down here we love live music. We love to be outdoors. It's supposed to be beautiful weather. It's a free event for the public. And so. where in New Iberia is it? So this is at the B- Bologna. B- I can botch this word every time. I think I said Bologna last time. It's the um, Bologna Plaza. So basically off of Main Street. You can't miss it. There's mm-hmm. 75 tents with 75 booths. 
You'll hear the music. It's right off Main Street, the entire downtown area. I love area. downtown New Iberia. Oh, I do. It's too. beautiful. It, it really is. It's I beautiful. Too. You got the river nearby. There's, I mean, the, I love the plays they, they bring through there. The, uh, oh, yeah. The, have you ever gone and seen any of the musical theater there? It's great. I, I recommend it to okay. anybody. But okay. also, obviously, you should I go with your daughters. Dumbo. Go check it out. They did. They did. Um, uh, uh, gosh, Rock of Ages recently. Mm-hmm. They did the producers last spring. It was fantastic. Really good stuff. Understanding. Anyway, here we are, here we are propping up the berry. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, but the, the gumbo kickoff happened in New Iberia this Saturday and Sunday. It's free to attend. Uh, the World Championship Gumbo Cookoff presented by Savoise and. Um, Michelle has been our guest. She's working with Savoise. So you asked us, what, yeah. How do you your your style of gumbo? I'm actually it? probably in the in the middle too. I don't like it too light. I like to taste the flavor, which is why I love Savoise. Because no matter if you make it light or thick, it's gonna you're gonna taste that flavor. It's gonna pop. It's gonna pop. But I don't like it too too thick. You know, I don't want it to get stuck in my throat. So I'm mm-hmm. probably right in the middle, like you. You want it here, but not yeah. right here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But I want to feel it, you know, and I like a kick in mine. All right. I like cool. to add like some jalapeno sausage. I got I, I got to tell the story. When I first moved to Louisiana, okay, I was like 18 and um, I had a friend come over to my house who was from Mallette. Okay. <laughs> well, it's at the Swords Mallette area. That's between like Eunice and uh-huh. Lawtel from out yep. in the country. We got he workers was, from there. He, he was he was one of those guys that spoke French before he spoke English. Mm-hmm. Okay, comes over and he's going to make a gumbo. All right. Well, he's got sausage and he's got tasso and he's got chicken and he's getting after it and he makes his roux from scratch and and so he serves it and I sit down and I take the first bite and he says. A good gumbo always makes you sweat. And right about that time, the, <laughs> heat, the heat got to me, mm-hmm. and I had to drape a towel around my <laughs> oh, neck because wow. I wasn't used to the cooking down here. Right, or the and, flavor. Oh, yeah. So I, I had a towel wrapped around my neck because I sweated during the whole thing. And I, every time he came over to the house to cook, that's what happened. Look, you adapted your palate early, right? When you I got did. here, I gotta did. Get a little sweat. Uh, Greg Larnard, who's no longer here, but the first day he got here, it was raining a bunch because a tropical storm had passed through like the day before. So, and he had never been in Louisiana. I'm like, welcome. <laughs> so he shows up to the building. I'm like, let me take you somewhere to eat. I got him some fried chicken and some gumbo because I was like, I'm not gonna. I just want to throw him in the deep end. And this was like. A place that was seasoned and high, and he was, you know, he's such a nice guy. He didn't have the heart to be like, I, I don't know, Jay. I mean, he must, he he might as well have been in a sauna. Uh-huh. <laughs> Poor baby, he was uh-huh. everywhere, uh-huh. and yeah. he's like, no, no, it's 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 really it's really good, it's really good. And then a few months later, he was able to laugh about it, and he was like, yeah. So eventually, I, he appreciated I, I, it. I probably should have said something that first day. It hurt me for a few days, but now I actually like it all. So thank you. And now, just throw now, him in the pit. Now he's in Chattanooga, wishing he was here. Yeah, he called me the other day. He owes me some uh, Chattanooga whiskey, actually. For Ooh. The bet he lost, but he's like, Ooh. I can't mail it. They won't let me mail it. I'm like, Hey, bro, you lost you the bet. Make a Figure trip. it out. You yeah, know? <laughs> it, it, look, you got a, You got a car, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, one more time: the World Championship Gumbo Cookoff. Come play the game of Roo, tourist edition, local edition, all of it, this Saturday and Sunday, 
in downtown New Iberia, presented by Savoy Sausage and Food Products, hosted by the Greater Iberia Chamber of Commerce. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. It's the perfect weather. And Michelle's going to sign autographs. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and over 75 contestants here. So. You have 75 teams, yeah. Yeah, Michelle will sign autographs if you ask her. <laughs> uh, it's great to see you. Y'all too. Thanks I'd for coming to come in. back. Just hang out. Uh, Maybe come talk ba- some sports. Come back any Tuesday. Okay, okay when you're here. Because I'm, right, I'm here on Tuesday. Tuesday. Maybe I'll bring some gumbo. You know what? We'll, we will never. Oh, y'all love food. We, we always do. love to We will eat. never we turn food. it down. Ever. No, never. We'll never. make a whole segment out of it. Yeah. 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 Dude. Well, I mean, you know, shout out Sabwise. I know them, by the way, too. So, you know. Yeah. Somebody might be like, oh, you know, they, they probably should go. No. They, they, if they cook a scumbo, they, you can yeah. come in. Anytime. Sounds good. And, and it's great because you can get Sabwise roux, and Sabwise sausage, Sabwise uh, andouille. Savoie's Tasso. Yep, we got it all. And then we'll invite Tijo Savoie and just and there you go. <laughs> ask him questions while we over gumbo. Uh, thanks again, Michelle. It's great to see you, and we'll, well, we'll talk thanks, to you guys. Soon. Had fun. You got it. All right, I'm Scott. That's Jay. We're going to take a quick timeout. Latavius Murray. Saints fans are way upset about it, but it it more of an overall theme. We'll talk college football as well, Major League Baseball, and Terrible Tune Tuesday. It's all coming your way. Right here on The Great Scott Show, I'm Scott, that's Jay. This is 103.3 The Goat, simulcast on 1420. Thirsty for intelligent sports talk? Sounds like you need a little goat array. 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Into the Great Scott Show, 1033 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Simulcast on 1420. Jay Walker in here. You know, that was good. I think we needed to just start off the show talking about something positive. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Bring in a, a, a wonderful person that exudes happiness and radiance and talk about gumbo. That's, that's, we, I think we, I needed that. I'm not sure. I mean, I hope you've been doing well. I haven't, I haven't talked to you since Saturday, but. I feel it, like I feel like you needed that too. It, oh yeah, it was uh, it, it was a tough weekend in the sports department, and um, no, I I was when I when I pulled up, she was standing outside. I said, "Geez, that looks like Michelle," and I got out of the car, <laughs> and it was her. I was very excited. I hadn't seen her in a while. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's doing well, and that the World Championship Gumbo Cookoff sounds amazing, and uh, everybody go out and support it, enjoy it. It's going to be great. Uh, with that being said, Jay, real quick, I, I, something that Norm and I didn't really hit on last hour that I want to talk about briefly was that the the Denver Broncos signed Latavius Murray. He was on the Saints practice squad. There was a little confusion, like, wait, he just played. A few years ago, three years ago, the, the NFL changed their rules, which allows teams to take two players off of their practice squad every Sunday and they're able to be elevated just for game day. So technically, they're not on the active roster. Now, you're only allowed to do that twice in a season, and that protects the player because, right. you know, if they're really good enough, you just do it all season. Um, you're also, as a team, able to, quote, protect four practice squad players uh, where you deem them, okay, you can't sign this player. You can do that each week, but on Tuesday. <laughs> 
not on Monday. That's why you saw him Sunday playing, but he was technically still in the practice. Anyway, Saints fans were freaking out last night. Just, you know, this is the worst thing ever. And it's 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 unfortunate, I admit. But he was on the practice squad. And it was Monday. And he had a choice. And if the Saints really wanted him, they might have countered. But Denver's like, look, we just had Javante Williams get hurt. Melvin Ingram fumbles the football all the time. You're going to get to play a lot. You know, if Kamara comes back, whatever. Not to mention Latavius left the Saints last year because they asked him to take a pay cut and cut him days before the season. So maybe he's still sour about that. Uh, Yeah, I I think in the grand scheme of things, if the Saints were playing well, this wouldn't be that big a deal or as big a deal. But I think because it's just been almost all bad with the exception of the the comical win against Atlanta, um, it's kind of like whenever you have a bruise on your shoulder, just any little tap on it hurts. The Saints are just really bruised right now. This is kind of a little tap, but it feels like a a, a, a kick. That's how I feel about it. <coughs> this too shall pass. It's um. Last thing I'll say on it is this: If Sean Payton was still the coach, that that probably wouldn't have happened, though. How much do you think they're missing Sean Payton? Oh, I think they miss Sean Payton quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> but you know what? You know what wouldn't change if Sean Payton was there? The refs would still go out of their way to screw the Saints. <laughs> that that one drive on Sunday was, I mean, the one that the 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 lead changing drive by the Vikings. Saints yeah. finally had a three point lead. That was that was absolutely atrocious. Um, I I get caught between two sides of the fence of people saying. Scott, it's ridiculous. How are you not calling out the refs more to the extreme of its fix, which it's not, to, um, man, you, you can't blame the officials. Like, no, you, you you can point out that the officials were atrocious, especially on that drive and in, a, uh, in one huge drive in the Tampa Bay game, and also point out that the Saints are playing poorly. I mean, mm-hmm. both of those things are true here. Both, both things are true. Yes. Why, is, why do you think it's hard for fans to distinguish the two or keep them separate? Um, because I think in, in a, in a lot of cases, all you got to do is follow a fan board. Doesn't matter if it's college or pro on any given, whatever day they're playing. And you will see them complain about officials more than anything else. Always. How do you feel about officiating in the Sun Belt this season? I haven't really had an issue with it from what I've seen so far. Haven't really heard much about it. No. Um, Which is a good thing. You know, there was a... There was a controversial play in the um, James Madison-Appalachian State game when um, James Madison... See if I've got it right. I don't know. One team punted, and there was a collision between... The punt returner, the teammate, and a guy who was um, on the other team. Okay. And it looked as though – i that's, that's what it was. It, it looked as though the player was blocked into the um, receiving team, and they called uh, kick-catch interference, um, which was – looked to be a pretty shaky call um, in – App State fans think it cost him the game, and, you know, maybe it did. I don't know. 
When the margin for error is slim, a bad call is going to impact the game in a major way. Yep. Um, and the way the Saints are playing this year, particularly on offense, that margin for error isn't wide like it used to be. It really wasn't wide last year, and somehow they just found a way, and I think that's Sean Payton. But when it's not wide and you're you're on the wrong side of, of huge calls, more times than not, it's going to cost you. Erase Saints and right in Cajuns is pretty much the same thing. You know, last year the Cajuns won, what, six, seven games by one score. Um, and, you know, last year uh, Cajuns probably win that game. That they played Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and, and, and the game at ULM. Yes. Now, I said last week that I expected the Cajuns to play their best game of the year. And I think they did. Um, the offensive line was much better. The Cajuns were able to run it a little bit. Defensively, they were really good. Um, now, they missed a couple of field goals on special teams. That hurt. Um, you know, your quarterback was hurt, and so they had trouble getting the passing game going. But I do think overall it was uh, the, the best game they've played all year long. That effort right there would have beaten Rice and ULM, I think. Offensively, they had that. They had a, a good drive to start, and then they kind of, you know, shot themselves in the foot a little bit. But um, between that and the last two drives, it was it was hard for that offense to get it was. into a rhythm. It was now you're right about the defense. Special teams this year, Jay. Now Gary's been great and he was great again. Uh that kid's that kid's fantastic. Um I'm I'll be honest, I expect the the, the issues on special teams thus far this season, or you could say issues, but also I guess just their overall level of play, I expected it to be a bit higher at this point. Uh, me season. too. Me too. Yeah. Um, you know, as good as Reese Burns is, he even had a, a, a game where he lined up wrong, and as a result, there was a bad snap. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, you know, he hasn't, he's averaging about 44 yards a kick. You know, last year it was closer to 48. Um, you know, the, the, the place kicking has been very inconsistent. They're just three for seven in field goal attempts. And, uh, and they haven't had a chance to return a, a lot of kickoffs this year. There's been a lot of stuff going in the end zone, touchbacks and stuff like that. Um, no, I expected the kicking game to be better. The kicking game was a weapon for the Cajuns the last few years, and so far this year it isn't. It's not. Uh, and that's that's been a little uh, – not something I expected. You know, as far as the O-line and their, their assimilation, you know, we talked about it before the season. We, It's not uh, – if, and I'm not just talking about Saturday and, and there was improvement. I'm just talking about the overall, you know, first quarter of the season. Um, that was, or first five games anyway, there's not a big surprise to me there. Uh, the special team's a little surprising. Now, quarterback, you know, Fields was a little hurt going into it. Trainers, team doctors told Coach, you know, he probably, he's probably done. Woldridge played last two series of the half. They tell him at halftime, hey, you're the guy. Um, he seemed to be getting more comfortable late in the game. When I asked Coach Dez yesterday, Jay, on the show, I wasn't surprised that obviously he didn't commit. He was still waiting to hear some news about Chandler and a number of other things. But I was, and you know, I'm guilty of it, reading between the lines a little bit, but it was almost like he was setting up of, hey, it may just be Ben next Wednesday. Um, because he said, we'll wait and see. 
But, you know, if a guy's a little injured, I don't, maybe don't want to put him out there. You know, he's young. He's got a lot of football in front of him. We'll see. But, you know, maybe if he was a senior. But it was enough to make me think that, you know, maybe maybe we'll, we'll see one quarterback uh, for the first time this season Wednesday or a week from tomorrow anyway. That's possible. I, I you know, for me, this is just me talking, okay? And, and, and nobody should just take this as gospel because this is just my opinion. I think the health of Chris Smith is a whole lot more important as we, you know, we always talk about the quarterback and if, you know, if Chandler can't go, then Ben's going to be the guy, but Ben's been playing, you know, there, there hasn't been a ton of difference between the two. Um, but Chris Smith had a really good game last he week. Was, he was huge. He and, was huge. And then he pulled up lame and, you know, Mike used the term cramp, um, and maybe maybe that's what it is, but it looked a little bit more serious than that from up in the booth. And um, it looked like he, he, he grabbed his hammy and yeah. checked himself out. Yeah, and and so not having him with you know, with the fact that you know you've got a lot of inexperience behind him, that would be a huge blow to this team if he can't go next Wednesday. He had one of the most impressive plays i've ever seen in person and then it got negated by a penalty mm-hmm. chris is not a tall guy nope at all i mean I'll, I'll i'll say it he's short i mean i can say that because i'm a short guy okay um seeing him in person leap over that defender stay on his feet and run another 20 plus yards that I mean, the crowd was louder on that play maybe than any other play, with the exception of, of the Meagle touchdown a few moments later. It was a reminder of how special he is, and I know it's been hard to kind of get Chris going this season, and some of that's the old line and the run blocking, and coaches talked about it. Um, but just what an what what an athlete! Well, what, you know, what an athlete. You get home, you turn the TV on, and you see the guy from Coastal Carolina leap over a Georgia Southern player on his way to the game-winning touchdown, and it becomes like the play on Sports Center. You know, if there's no penalty mark around that, guess what? He's in the top ten too. Yeah, and then um, you know, four or five plays later is when he he came out the game. But you're right; it's it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Cajuns will play a week from tomorrow at Marshall. 32 after the hour. Um, LSU's hosting Tennessee on Saturday. LSU back in the top 25, the AP top 25 anyway, at 25. This is a game that Tennessee, I'm looking at it from a Tennessee standpoint first, and then we can talk about LSU. If you feel like you're back and you've arrived with Coach Heupel, this is a game that if you're Tennessee, you can't lose. Correct. You can't. Correct. I mean, I, I know LSU is very close to being undefeated, but I've watched LSU. I've watched Tennessee this year. Um, LSU had their issues. Now, Auburn's not good. But they, to their credit, they wanted the planes. They came back. They did what they had to do. They created turnovers, and they won. If LSU wins, I think it's it's really big for them. But I'm, I mean, plus two and a half, an 11 a.m. kickoff, it's not a very big spread. Um Coach Kelly said Jaden Daniels should be, you know, okay, but I know it's at Tiger Stadium. But an 11 a.m. kick, are you surprised it's just two and a half for against the a Tennessee team that's ranked eighth? No, no, I'm really, I'm really not that surprised. You know, LSU is two and zero oh in the SEC. Um, and and look, they played poorly for three quarters, and then 
turned it on in the fourth quarter against Mississippi State. I thought overall they played poorly and managed to beat Auburn. I don't think LSU played well in either game when you get right down to it. They had one great quarter out of eight. Um, Florida State, it, they didn't play good for a while, and then suddenly at the end they start coming back in the last few minutes. It, they they need to they need to start a little better. They need to fix that. They do, and and they won't beat Tennessee if they you know if they sleepwalk through the first half. Um, but no, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Look, I, I I think that Vegas values playing in Tiger Stadium because there's a there's a this mantra, this tradition. I think uh, in the minds of a lot of fans about it being such a tough place to play, and and I think to Vegas that's worth a couple of points probably every week. It is, but there is a difference. Having been to plenty of games at Tiger Stadium, there is a difference between 6 p.m. and 11 a.m. Sure. There's a difference between 2.30 p.m. and 11 a.m. Sure. Um, you surprised Bama and Georgia keep flip-flopping, but Ohio State can't seem to, to crack in there as far as the rankings go? Oh, I, I, I think that's just a lot of SEC bias. Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. That's, that's your top four, um, you know. Those teams, uh, it feels like Bama and Georgia are on a crash course. We'll see. But Ohio State and Michigan, you know they're going to play. Um, it'll sort itself out. Clemson, USC, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Penn State. Your top ten in both polls are identical. What, of those ten teams, which one do you think is, this is a strong word, but which one do you think is uh, is fraudulent? Okay, they're in the top ten, but are they really a top ten talent team? The one that comes to mind I need to see more from is Penn State. I'm I'm good with Oklahoma State. Um, I can't and, stand Mike Gundy, but they're a good team. They're but they team. no, they're, they're a good, good football team, and I I, I think they got to be the favorite in the Big Twelve. Um, Penn State hadn't really played anybody, correct? Except Auburn and beat the snot out of them on the plains. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see a little bit more out of them. But that's it. Other than that, you know, look, Ole Miss at nine seems to be a bit high, and then you look at their resume and you say, you know what? Maybe so. You know, and they had a great win this past Saturday. You got um, for Penn State. They're off this week, but then they have Michigan, then they have Minnesota, then they have Ohio State. So. Well, there you go. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll see if they drop three in a row, and they very well could. In the month of October, we'll know whether Penn State is fraudulent or legitimate. Uh, uh, 103.3, the GOAT, greatest sports talk of all time. I'm Scott Prather. Simulcast on 1420. It's the great Scott show. Jay Walker in the house. We've talked gumbo. We've talked football. Jay, I mean, I'd be lying to you. If I told you that going into that weekend series, Mets Braves, that I was feeling confident. Because here we are having our best season in years, and the Braves are just, I can't enjoy it. I can't enjoy it. I, I just, I, I knew they were going to mess it up. I just knew it. And yet I still sat there and watched with hope. Everyone's like, oh, you're not watching Sunday Night Football. I'm like, no, all we had to do is one of these games. But no, no, get swept. Go play in a freaking wild card. I know it's not set yet, but it's set. It's set. That was the dang. That, I mean, 
that you could argue that's we may look back on that as one of the biggest regular season series ever based on what happens this postseason but I was just I mean it was like it, it was just the, the way to end the weekend of like of course of course they're gonna mess this up of course this is gonna happen I got people texting Man. me all these Braves fans oh, friends oh, of look, mine that look, are rubbing it in Troy, I'm like shut up Troy was tagging me and everything he was putting on Facebook uh, because of uh, the brave success and the Mets' lack of success and mm. all of the things that are you um, here from top? Uh, no, I have a friend. So I have a good friend who was in my wedding named Ryan Catherine, and he runs like he. I mean, he is hardcore Braves. He runs one of the Braves blogs that's pretty uh, successful, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know he's the editor and owner of Braves Journal. And if you don't think that cat was. Just let me have Alex George is a young lady that's been on the show before. She's she's a Braves fan. She was let me have it. I'm like, guys, I just can I just be sad and in in, in, in in silence here? Can you just give me some solitude to try to get over it? But no. Well, and you know the crazy thing is this. It's not like the Mets didn't have their rotation set up. No. Okay? I mean it was the, yeah. Had their top three guys beat DeGrom, hammered Scherzer. And then beat the third guy. No, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it. it. I mean, Braves are good, man. Braves are really good, and and you know, I, I mean, look, the Dodgers have won 110 games. Um, and I didn't look to see how they did last night. I turned it off because I was tired. Um, you could have three hundred win teams in the NL. Yeah, and and you know, I was um, I was talking with Coach Marlin yesterday. Of course, he's a big Cardinals fan, and I said, you know, most people think it's a foregone conclusion that the Astros and Yankees are going to play in the American League Championship Series. Most people believe that. In the National League, you got to get through the division series first, with the Dodgers taking on the Mets and the, and the Braves playing the Cardinals. I don't I don't think either one of those is a done deal. This is a wild card upset. Right. And I don't expect that. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't know, Jay. I don't know. If it's Mets Dodgers, we'll have some fun with it, but I'm I'm not having fun right now. I understand. I'm not having fun right now.